Welcome back to the What Nots Review Show, number 223. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how's Hello. your weekend going? It's good. I went to a trivia night last night. Uh, it took a long time. I got home very late, and then I, I had a bunch of snacks and raffle prizes I had to bring upstairs. Nice. I gotcha. What what floor do you live on? I don't think I've asked I, you this. I know you're in like an apartment building, but I don't know if it's I like am. a super tall one or one of those ones oh, where it's no. like there's like two or three levels and that's it. Uh, there's three floors. I'm on the third floor. Okay. There you go. It's I really like the view up here. I really like that I can have my blinds open. I can look outside, but nobody can like really see up to me that well. Mm -hmm. uh but it is a lot of stairs a lot of stairs to climb <laughs> i gotcha i gotcha we were out last night at a friend's birthday party uh at a bar and we got to see a drag show uh oh fun yesterday so that was a lot of fun um my first time being at a drag show i've always wanted to to go to stuff like that or um god my brain is already not working today what's the uh dancers mostly naked with the tassels oh you know yeah a burlesque I mean. show burlesque one of those tassel word. shows that's the <laughs> word god my brain is like nope still not awake <laughs> um but yeah that was a lot of fun we got to do that and then we we got home late last night as yeah. well uh but I, my weekend's been good Weekend's been good so, so far. Uh, however, here on the podcast right now, if you did not know, the Whatnots Review Show has a different story to talk about each week here on the podcast. It could be a movie, could be a comic book show, could be a TV show, an anime, a manga, all sorts of stuff. Uh, we will read it, watch it, come back here and talk about it. This week, we got some some comics. Some indie comics from Boom Studios. This is Once and Future is what we are talking about this week. We, we read the first two volumes of that. Um, this is a book that I've heard good things about. I've heard it mentioned on podcasts. I know people like it. Never really came on my radar uh, 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 other than that of just like secondhand. Like, hey, I hear this is a good book. Um but you 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 had a, a not relation. Uh, what's what's the a connection uh, to because you your 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 brother uh, has been yeah into in this the, this yeah. book here. Yeah, my older brother has been raving to me about this book for a while. Like when I got my new e-reader, he's like, "You got to download this book. It looks so good." So it's been on my list of things to pitch to you eventually. Uh, and you got to it first. And, and I was very happy to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a comic book, like I said, by Karen Gillen and Dan Mora with Tamara Bonvalon uh, on the colors. Uh, and Boy, what colors? Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> man, if, if, if nothing else, read the book for the colors alone. Uh, it's, it, it, it's a book that looks fantastic. Uh, if you're into like Arthurian legend and myth and all that stuff. Uh, this might be a book that you want to check out. 
Let me read you all the, the synopsis here according to Boom Studios' website. It says, when a group of nationalists use an ancient artifact to, br- to bring a villain from Arthurian myth back from the dead to gain power, ex-monster hunter Bridget McGuire escapes her retirement home and pulls her unsuspecting grandson Duncan, a museum curator, into a world of magic and mysticism to defeat a legendary threat. I think that's a great pitch. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Duncan was a museum curator. I thought he was a professor or something. It's when he's out hunting all these monsters, it's not really clear what his day job is, but it right. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um Yeah, this is an interesting book that I think has a very, very strong pitch. Um it, it's it's a really interesting story. I I, I think the artwork is fantastic. The c- colors are stellar. Um I I have to say, only reading the first two volumes of this, I still felt a little bit lost. Uh, yeah. But I think part of that is my own just like I don't I'm not super familiar with the Arthurian legend besides the like Disney's sword in the stone, which I watched like one time <laughs> when I was like right. six. Right. Uh-huh. Like, that's kind of all I know. So I know nothing. And so they're mentioning things they're bringing things up that i'm not super familiar with or how it fits or how it connects or like what the importance is uh and i'm just like okay what's next who knows (laughs) but um but yeah i like i'm i'm having a good time i'm enjoying it but i always at least for me and my experience reading these first two volumes i felt like i was a few steps behind at all times i'm just like what's happening who is this why is this happening um but yeah, I I I would still recommend it though. Yeah, it looks incredible. Uh it's a fun read. I really like the character designs. You do like the characters, but it is very fast-paced mm-hmm. and I I do like the premise that these are Arthurian legends are real. And if you live your life in a way that archetypically matches theirs, if you behave the way they behave, if like this character's dad is dead and your dad is dead, if you kind of emulate that character or if circumstances lead to you mirroring that character, then you you like have their power. <laughs> yeah, you can, really you can cool kind of like metaphorically become them. Yes, yeah. I like that a lot, but I wanted it like a little bit more clearly laid out. I wanted it, uh, somebody to like really quiz Bridget on it. Like, okay, how does this work? What do we need to get it to work? When does it not work? Can we pick anybody from like any legend? Are we limited only to Arthurian legend? How far out can we do this? Can somebody be Scheherazade? Like are, are all cultures, legends and literature available to us? That or or even like are there like spoofs and adaptions of Arthurian yeah. legend that are somehow available? That'd be kind of strange to see. What was that Martin Lawrence movie? Black Knight, right? He like goes <laughs> like, is that somehow like available would, for them to I, to do? <laughs> I would love if there was an actor who like played one of these roles and took it so seriously that they, unbeknownst to them, gained some sort of cosmic mystical power. power and they're like, yeah. no, I'm just trying to do really good at this play I'm in on the West End. <laughs> 
it's just method acting. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's it, it's it's one I think you should definitely check out, if not keep an eye on. Um, I, I I I have a feeling reading this as a whole, like in 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 entirety, uh, will help out a lot of people to kind of digest it and understand it all at once. Whereas if you read it month to month, or if you only read like one or two volumes at a time, uh, it, it, there there might be some like, oh, okay, what was happening? Who is this again? What's good going on here? Yeah. Um, but uh, I I think. I, I think currently there's only four volumes out right now. Okay. Um, I was going to ask. It's still fairly new, but it's been, been around for a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mostly have nothing but good things to say about yeah. this. I, I liked it a lot. I, I just yeah, and I, wish I knew more. I think this is one of those circumstances we're only reading like two volumes because we only give ourselves right. a week. That's the structure of our show. Sometimes we do feel like something's missing because something is. And if we got to like volume three or volume four, we would have a richer sense of what the story is. And maybe we would like it a little bit more. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, there you go. So just real, real quick. I know I already did the, the plot synopsis uh from the website but is there stuff that we want to add to that that i think people should be aware of no i i I think that's really got it yeah it's this uh gun-toting old woman (laughs) sort of beleaguered adult grandson and then uh they need some sort of a history professor to work with them and it's a girl he went on like one very awkward date with who has to get dragged back into this situation and that's our team yeah and they the grandma like self describes her herself as like a monster hunter and that she killed Mm -hmm. off all the vampires like all that sort of stuff but she is by no means this like helpless frail woman she she is like she is the one like pulling out the guns and the knives and the chainsaws and all sorts of stuff being Mm -hmm. like all right let's do this and her her grandson is just like oh my god what is happening no grandma (laughs) stop (laughs) she is a a character of action she doesn't just know in theory what you're supposed to do she isn't like the mentor or the trainer or the the old sage you go to like she is getting her hands dirty she is in the middle of the action exactly yeah uh so it's it's a lot of fun for that too i think there's some comedy in there just by means of the situations uh that they get Mm. themselves in uh but but yeah there are also big monsters there's arthurian legends and myths and different characters from that alive and dead um all all sorts of stuff like that so go check it out i i i I think that's all that we have to say spoiler free so far so Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Uh, We will take a quick break for some housekeeping. And then when we get back, we will dive into these first two volumes a little bit more in depth. So we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots. And we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. 
when you type in the whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. We are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it a ton. It means a lot. Um, cool things that we have been up to that we want to update you guys on so you're aware of all the stuff that we are doing. Uh, D23 happened, so it's Sunday when we're recording this. Mm. It happened last weekend. Um, so we have some trailer reactions to some of the Marvel stuff, uh, as well as National Treasure, Edge of History. Yeah. Uh, we were excited about that one. Go check those out. That's on our YouTube page under the Reactor Core. Uh, last week and the week before here on the review show, we had Shame Timber, uh, in which we pitched movies and such that were on our list of shame that we hadn't seen them. And it worked out these past two weeks that we both yeah. have not seen the movies that we watched. We watched the Godfather trilogy and Titanic. Uh, mm-hmm. so that was that was interesting Long to one. go see hey, those. Oh, yeah. Big ones. Big this is also ones. the year of three hour plus long movies. Indeed. Um, and then on the Whatnots Captain's Log, like I mentioned, D23 happened this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Melissa, you and I tried to play some bingo uh, with yeah. uh, Comic-Con and D23 and what we thought would happen at uh, the Marvel panels and all of that stuff. Uh, so a like a month ago or so we made mm. our bingo cards with all our predictions. Uh, and this past week we looked at them to be, be like, well, did, did we get any bingos? <laughs> we, we had some correct predictions. We got we, some things we right, yes. but we didn't get an entire bingos worth of things. Right. But it was a lot of fun regardless. Um, but yeah, that's that's the cool things that we've been up to here at the whatnot. So please go check all that stuff out. Uh, and yeah, that being said, let's get on with the spoilers. All right. Spoiler territory for once and future. Um, yeah, so I I, I kind of want to start out with what I said of. Yeah, just like I, I always felt like I was 10 steps behind. Uh, mm. on th- this and the reason i cited was mainly i think because i'm not super familiar with arthurian legend i know the gist no. I, I i know the yeah, very I very know. americanized reductive takes right, <laughs> right? um but i like i never read that stuff in school never read beowulf never did mm-hmm. all of that stuff so yeah when beowulf shows up i'm like wait he that's Arthurian myth? I thought that was a it completely is not. different story. What's happening here? 
it it is separate, which is I really like what they did with Beowulf. I love that suddenly Beowulf from the ancient poem, maybe one of our oldest forms of literature, Beowulf, shows up and they have to, <laughs> he's trying to fight them and they kill him. They're like, phew, now we're done with Beowulf. And then Grendel shows up. And they're like, oh no, how yeah. did they defeat Grendel in the book? Beowulf killed him. And we've already killed Beowulf, so now what do we do? I like like that. (laughs) But yeah, that is a separate... uh, It's from the same area. It is uh, old England. So it is the the myths of old England and that area. It's not just Arthurian myth then, right? I I think so. But like, I do also wish the book would have been... A little clearer like like i wish duncan would have just stopped and asked his grandma okay what can be real and what can't be because right. like, us in the audience i feel like we also need this we need like a little bit more of the ground rules laid out for us yeah because it it was interesting to me because when we meet the grandma and she does kind of give us the gist of like yeah i used to hunt monsters all all that stuff i killed all the vampires i at first i didn't even think about that but then like looking back on the book i guess vampires are eastern european right like is is that so that think approximately so that would fit for like european myth uh, stuff like that, which I I guess that makes sense. But yeah, I since I didn't think of that, Beowulf was the next big thing, and I guess I had it in my head that yeah, this was like supposed to be solely Arthurian myth, and so I was a little bit conf- confused with that, and was like, I thought this this was separate, and then I was like, huh, I wonder if there is some like smaller connections that people have made between the two stories that like oh maybe this is just like an alternative version of the story from a different culture or something but like it's it's all stuff that i'm i'm just not familiar with so i'm grasping at straws and and (laughs) stuff like that i i I was an English major. I have read Beowulf and I still had moments when I was lost. I knew the Beowulf stuff that I all got that I remembered well enough. But I also I know the names of everybody in the Arthurian legend. I've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Sure. Yeah. Same here. Uh, <laughs> we all have. But brave Sir Robin didn't show up in this, so I did. I felt like I was missing something. Right? There's no coconuts. You know, nobody confirms how much like a swallow can fly with, how much weight it can carry. There's that one, knee. One I didn't know where I was. Around like weighing the sparrows and a coconut. There. Yeah, like I also have a basic knowledge of Arthurian legend. Like I knew the name, the Fisher King. But I'm like, yeah, it's um, I don't know, it's it's a Robin Williams movie, so they're spending <laughs> so much time on the Fisher King and what this character, this archetypical character means, and it's really plot relevant. It's like I I I didn't know I had to do homework before I sat down to read this. I really feel like yeah. I am missing things, and it's not necessarily there's l- missing information within the book itself. It's sort of presuming that you have got 
a pretty decent knowledge of literature to begin with going into the story. Which, I don't think either of us had. I I like that though. I I like I, that. I it's, do admire it. Yeah, it's treating me as as if I, I, I am smart. Unfortunately, mm. I am dumb. <laughs> but right? <laughs> well, you're, you're smart about lots of things. This book just wasn't about Gundams, so. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not like post-crisis era DC universe. That's <laughs> that's what I need. Um, but. No, like, I, yeah, like, I, I, I like that it, it treats you intelligently, but yes. you also bring up the second part of why I felt like I was 10 spaces behind is that they don't really explain how it works. What, like, mm. if, if this is, it can be assumed real, what else can be assumed real? How does that work? Um, there, I think there is a line in there that the grandma does just say, like, it's best to just assume that they're all real. Um, I, I think she says something like that, but it's not it's not just about assuming what's real. It's also, well, how does this like one time date that got dragged in all of a sudden know how to scry a map? And like do all this like oddly <laughs> yeah. mystical witchcraft. Like there was no explanation for that she, stuff. I she got a bunch of old papers and like somewhere in like these old books and papers and scrolls, I guess she learned. I do wish we saw a little bit more of her process of her learning to adjust to this. But yeah. I do like what she actually does. I wish I had the backstory behind it, but I love that her method of scrying is that she takes this like a a bunch of pins, a bunch of like straight pins like you use when you're sewing, and she dumps it over a large map, and all the pins will like collect as if magnetized to one specific spot on the map, and then she'll call them up and be like, "Guys, there's a monster coming there tonight." Yeah, and I love that. For centuries ago. Whatever line that this family is a part of has been killing monsters for centuries. And there's all these old, old laws on the books that say if somebody shows up to a crime scene and says this, you leave them alone. You yeah. let them do your business. And That's I, cool. <laughs> and I love that, yeah, this um, Rose is this woman's name. Uh, and Brigitte refers to her as the M of the group if they are James Bond. Like, you're the one who gives us our missions. Like, you're the one who figures out what's in danger and what we're supposed to do. And she will, like, call a local constabulatory and say, like, one archaic code phrase, and they'll just know because it's part of some ancient law in the books. Yeah. Okay, this is none of our business. Yeah, I really like, like right, that structure. We'll avoid it. You can do what you yeah. need to. Yeah, that 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 is neat. I do like that kind of secret society monster hunter, almost like mm. Van Helsing. Like, who knows if he'll show up somewhere in this? Um, yeah, but yeah, like I I like that part about it. Um, like you you also see uh, what's the main character's name again? What's the grandson? Said it was Duncan. Duncan, yes. Um. Like you, you see him get attacked by, uh, so like the 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 first like monster that is summoned is basically King Arthur himself, uh, and then he gets a Galahad. Is that right? That's the one. 
he he, uh-huh. he gets the first monster that see i'm i'm not sure which which one's which but he he get, get, get gets his like main knight and sends him after these monster hunters and that's who have to, they have to fight at first um but then immediately after that i think it's like the start of volume two he's hunting some kind of like fairy creature and <laughs> and it's like man i will never look at mushroom caps the same again but like and then just moves on so like it, it's unclear about how much time has passed yeah in between that it seems like some time has but it's it's not great at telling you exactly how much because um, mm-hmm. on there are times it seems like, yeah, OK, could be months down the road that nothing has ha- happened. But there were points of it. I was like, this seems like it's all happening in the same weekend. Like, I don't yeah. know what's what's happening here exactly. But then they'll say something that contradicts that. Uh, and so I, I was a little bit confused as well as, with like the flow of time of just like how quickly is all of this happening um, or not? How how slowly is is this all taking place? Um, mm-hmm. So it, it it was stuff like that that left me very conf- confused. Um, and I kind of wish the book had a slower pace because I, I felt like it yes. started like in the middle of the action and did the whole like in meteorez thing. Yeah. But the kind of point of that is to then go back and explain how Mm. you got there. And this book never feels like it is back to explain how it got there. Um, Yeah, you don't even like in the break between like volume one and volume two, you don't feel like you have a chance to really catch your breath. It does move very fast. And I I do like an in media res beginning. I like a fast paced beginning, but there needs to be a moment in like issue four or something where it's like, (sighs) okay, so let me lay out some ground rules for you. Let me really dive into what's happening. And I really wanted a time like that. Like it's, it's England. Don't you guys have like tea time? Can you sit down? Can you have like some tea and biscuits? And can you tell me more about what's going on for a couple minutes? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but that being said, holy moly, the artwork in this book is <sighs> incredible. And and this is what my brother was saying. He's holding up his Kindle and he's like, look at how neon look. this is. Yes, that is, I think, the biggest thing that I was not expecting with this book. Um, right. Like when I think of like Arthurian legend or like knights and, and castles and all that stuff, um, like I. I don't think I would describe this so much as sword and sorcery, but it's sword and sorcery adjacent, maybe. Yes. Um, like I, I think of more greens and earth tones and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. The, 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 this book, like you said, very neon. It's like that neon green, like Mountain Dew neon green, yeah. like witches bubbling and like bright brew. fuchsia and like bright orange pinks and blues and yeah all sorts of stuff and it's beautiful it looks great um dan mora's artwork i've i've seen his stuff on uh some like batman stuff that he's mm. been joeing um i i like his artwork a lot it is both realistic and stylized to a point that he can make his yeah. characters be very expressive uh, and mm-hmm. and 
like when they get into actions hands, there's all sorts of like weird ways they're moving and their mouths and their eyes are like ah, and then stuff like it's it's just it's a very kinetic book and i like that um but yeah the 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 colors specifically are just uh, to die for they look so good it reminded me of when i was in middle school a new mall opened up and it Mm -hmm. had a golf course in it called putting edge and i think there were several of these (laughs) that's great across the country which is why i bring it up in case anybody else had their own local putting edge in their own mall and it was all that like neon day glow glow in the dark black light effect throughout the entire thing and you would go mm-hmm. through all these different rooms with these different aesthetics there'd be like a space one or an underwater one and there was like a uh, a medieval dungeon one with like knights and dragons in these neon mm. lights and this took me right back there it's just this one specific cool. room in this one specific mini golf course from my youth yeah um man yeah the the art the artwork is fantastic in this book i i cannot say enough good things bravo to tamra bombalon uh to dan mara this book is gorgeous (laughs) i love the character designs i really like brigitte's design she's got this cool like side part hair very nice hair for an older lady i love that we got to have an, an elderly protagonist She looks great. I think she's definitely believable at being the age that she is. Uh, I like Duncan just being this big, broad, like rugby playing guy with like a ginger hair and this like perpetual ginger scruff. He's like Like, always the same level of scruff. Ginger. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Rose is lovely. One of my favorite favorite character designs in the whole thing is Merlin. When we see Merlin, he's like this tall, like stick straight, lean guy wearing these long robes that go like all the way down to his feet, but they're sleeveless robes. And he's got like kind of muscular arms, I guess from like (laughs) wielding his staff around or something. So he's this tall, thin, straight candle of a man. In like sleeveless robes with buff arms, uh, giving you wizard. He also prophecies. has this like really wiry yeah. beard, real thick but <gasps> wiry beard. Um, yeah, and yeah, I've is, never seen a Merlin quite like that. I really dug him. He's also more of an antagonist from what we've yeah. seen so far, which I again I'm not super familiar with Arthurian myths. So I don't know how much of an antagonist he played in some of these things or if he will what was meant to be or could be perceived as that i i'm not sure but like yeah that was it, it was an interesting role to see him play the character design was neat i i think something else to note is that when some of these characters are brought back they're not brought back looking normally if that yeah. makes sense like they are kind of zombified or decaying or you can see like their 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 skull or you can see this or or that like there's there's this kind of like evil dark nature to them that i i I think is really interesting to see in the title of the first volume is the king is undead which is Mm -hmm. which is neat and so i was expecting just based off the title of that there to be more like zombies 
mm-hmm. in 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 the book. I, I don't think that's necessarily what we're g- g- getting uh, at here or he's going to be like, I'm going to raise a zombie army and England will be mine once again. Um, but it, yeah, it's it just the way they draw these characters are really, really neat. Um, and I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where this book goes and how, how, how it is like, are they planning this to be like six volumes and done? Or is it like a much longer story than, than that here? Um, I'd I'd be be interested in seeing where this book goes. I want to mention the one part of the visual design that didn't quite work for me sure which is that it was really taken aback when elaine is revealed to be duncan's mother because she doesn't look that much older than him yeah yeah she (laughs) she looks about the same which i mean who knows might be story relevant somehow yeah maybe i was wondering like is there some sort of magic that like makes her look younger but they never got into it yeah. And in like some close-ups, you can see like a little bit of like lines around her eyes, but like at mid-distance, yeah, she doesn't read as being old enough to be his mom. Yeah, Otherwise, they, she looks cool. I do like her. They, yeah, they they like that. She could have been the date that he went on the next weekend. Yeah, like we, 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 that, or like brother and sister, since they're both redheads. Um, mm. But. Uh, yeah, that 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 makes sense that that doesn't work as much there. She is an interesting character, though, because there is some family history uh, mm-hmm. in in this story. Like we said, the g- grandma is this monster hunter. It seems like their family for generations has been this. But then her daughter has somehow strayed away and seems to be working for this resurrected king arthur yeah uh, and merlin but then they also make it a point in the second volume of this book to be uh, so the archetype of the character that she has assumed is yeah. nimue is that how you say the name do you know that i i think i've heard that pronunciation before this isn't a character i'm, I'm familiar with i'm going to stick with nimue if i'm wrong i apologize uh, but I'll I'll stick with that at least for consistency. Um, so she is she's t- taken on the role of Nimue, who they make it a point in that second volume to say like, "Hey, you realize that that character betrays Merlin, right?" Uh, and it's a real brief interaction where she's like, "Yes, I know," like blah blah blah, you know. Um, but I like. That was an interesting tidbit of information and just like that mixed with the family history. Like there's a lot in there that I think this story has like yeah. it's got some splaining to do here. What's really it going does. on here? Like, is she working for them? Is she a double agent? Is she deep undercover? Like what's happening? Because it it seems like this family's job is to make sure that these stories don't get out or like not like information spread like you 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 can go read the the, the, the book right but to stop people from living out these archetypes and these and and then like in it like we saw to have monsters like the grendel uh to yeah come and manifest because people have started to 
make real this story. I, I, I'm not sure what the right terminology is there, but um, it has somehow yeah. manifested itself, right? And they were like, mm. all right, well, we got to go clean this up. They're like damage control where they're just like, all right, no, stop. <laughs> yeah. Let's play whack-a-mole. Yeah. yeah. So that's what uh, Bridget and, and her husband always were. And then they were raising this daughter to follow in their footsteps. And she, uh, they like pushed her so hard. She like went over the edge to the other side. Like, no, I think these monsters should rise up. We should all serve like a, a demonic back from the grave King Arthur. I'm going to bring that about. I'm going to leave my son uh, with you and I am going to go off and have a new son to embody the role of, I think it's Galahad. She's like, I need a different archetype of son. Yeah, And that's how the spell is going to work in the long term. There's a, a lot I wish I knew about the mythology of this story, like the actual mythology, like we have in our real world, we've both said, we don't really know enough about the King Arthur tale, mm -hmm. uh, more about the mythology within this book and how it's magic works and more about this family history. Like, I don't think we really have a sense of who Duncan's father was. They, right. they said he died, but they also said his mom died and now she's back. It's strange that he thought his grandpa was dead. And then he shows up only for his grandma to immediately kill him. Yeah. Like you get a lot of whiplash every time you learn something about this family. And I, I, I wish we had a fuller picture of w how everything went down, <laughs> who all these people were, where they disappeared off to, how this family crumbled to pieces. And if there's any plot relevant reason why they are so isolated, right? Like, do you, you know, was Bridget just an only child or does she have any, siblings who were also in this this line of work who she's estranged mm. from or maybe who died yeah yeah that's that's an, an interesting thought for sure um and and it's, it's also interesting to me then that it, a, a person can take on multiple roles at the same time yeah because right? the duncan the the first one the first role we see him take on is of percival um mm. and he he is this like very pure virginal knight if that's the the, the right word uh but but then later on in volume two he takes on the role of i, I forget the exact name but some role in beowulf um mm -hmm. and it like that it does that mean he is no longer percy it, does, does yeah. that mean like it, where does it stop where does it end like there there is just a lot of stuff that is unexplained that we don't mm -hmm. know how the logic of this works and i feel like knowing some of that at, at least we don't need every little bit explained but knowing like a just a handful more of that yeah. stuff i think would have grounded me in like okay i think i i know how this works let's go right whereas i'm still just like okay I, don't, I still don't know how this works but we're having fun i think <laughs> <laughs> right well you do feel like you're being uh pulled along at a great speed with the, a lot of wind rushing into your face i will say that is probably exactly how duncan feels though yes. just kind of dragged into <laughs> into <laughs> this not knowing his family's history like mm. grandma where'd you get all these guns what do you yeah. mean you killed the vampires that that was grandpa you just 
Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, my mom's still alive? What's going on? Yeah. Here? But I but I you don't know. Either it doesn't happen or it doesn't happen on screen, on page, mm-hmm. where Duncan like makes like sits down with his grandma, like, okay, walk me through everything. Like either he never does that, so we don't know, or he does learn things in the interim time between pages, and they just don't fill us in. Yeah, yeah, it's an it's an it's an interesting one for sure. I'm I'm still c- c- curious as to what Arthur's goal is. I I mean I'm ass- mm. <laughs> assuming at the end of the book, or not not necessarily at the end, but his goal I think is to take over. Uh, get get but like that it, it just to me that seems so finite if that makes mm. sense like i i feel like there has to be something more to that yeah. besides just okay i'm <laughs> king i'm i'm king again that's it book done it's like okay, yeah king, yeah like once and he's then you want to do what right like that's yeah. what i want to <laughs> know yeah like after he's taken control of all of D- Great Britain again, is he gonna wanna uh conquer other other parts of the world? This is a very, very localized problem, and I do kind of appreciate that that the world we don't know if the whole world is at stake, but Great Britain is in trouble because of great britain related issues right yeah um also, what an interesting time for us to read. This yeah. th- th- this book too. Th- 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 this p- past week is the week that the Queen of England passed away, uh, and we we know or you you had mentioned to me that there is like they're they're they have some code word to like express something to like the yeah. music or something. Something I'm not sure all of that that stuff, but just what we'll get an interesting time for us to read a book. About the like, the, who who gets to rule England next? <laughs> Is it going to be zombified King Arthur? Find out next time in Once in Future. Hmm. Um, but yeah, this was good. I I had a lot, a lot of fun with this yeah. one. Yeah, I want to talk about one of my favorite adventures that go on, which is when. I think Grendel comes to Bridget's uh, uh, home, the, uh, the, home, this communal home, yeah. home she lives in with se- several other older folks. I, I, I don't I know love if how I classify she, it as a nursing home, but yeah. I, 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 one thing I want to say about that is I love how the other people that live there just kind of let her boss everyone around. Yeah. They know that I, she's I, just like old and I, cranky and all that stuff. And they, they, they know not to like challenge her. <laughs> Yeah, I do like that she isn't this sweetheart, pinch your cheeks, give you a butterscotch lady all the time, and then she <laughs> switches to fight monsters. Like, she's in one mode all the time. Cut like the, the other, Yeah, like her other elderly neighbors are like, she kind of scares me. If she, if she wants to watch this channel on TV, let her. Let her watch right. whatever she wants to on TV in the community room. I'm not going to change it. <laughs> Right? so funny I, I like when Grendel comes to attack the home and she's like 
talking to one of the, the the orderlies, one of the staff members, and she's like, do you have any guns? Do you have any knives? I'm going to the kitchen. I'm getting a knife. You need to get everybody back into their rooms. I'm going to go go to bed. Go to bed early. They're not going to hear anything. Tell them if they think they hear a noise. No, they didn't. There's no noise. Don't worry about Maybe it. Maybe it was a Get bear. them all barricaded in a room. And, and to watch them deal with this to see uh, their little bits of humanity of like, you know, trying to protect each other, trying to fight back. You know, I think there's one guy who's actually knows the legend and is like, well, if you want to kill Grendel, you're going to have to do this. Like that was one of my favorite bits there. Mm -hmm. I like that scene. I like that. Duncan and Rose are like so far away. It's just Bridget by herself trying to fight off this monster with like none of her usual weapons. And they they don't know what to do. Like, it's like, like Duncan, like his car has been destroyed in the previous monster fight. And he has to like call an Uber and then the Uber gets canceled. And then he, he just physically can't get to where the action scene is. He has no choice but to like pull, like he pulls over a cab driver and the cab driver's like, I'm not taking you that far off my route. Sorry. And he like has to pull a gun on him and say, actually, sir, I'm sorry, but yes, you do need to take me there. I'm sorry. I have a gun. I won't shoot you, but also please feel threatened and please drive me there. Like he's trying to do what his grandma would do, but he like really does not have the same steeliness to him that yeah. she would be able to come yeah. and bring across and so he doesn't know what to do so he calls the local police he's like i know this is against our rules but i need to make sure that all of these people are safe like this might be our only option to help curb some of the damage so he calls in (laughs) basically it is exactly the drawings of the cast of hot fuzz it's not just any generic British Bobbies. That's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost like yep. kicking down the door in an action scene. And then they immediately get gobbled up by a Grendel. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite bit about that whole Grendel thing is, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, where it's like, well, how do we kill the Grendel? It's like, well, you need Beowulf. And they're just like, fuck, we killed Beowulf. <laughs> and and then, right. then after that, when they finally do kill the Grendel, they're like, huh, all right, we can relax. And then there, there's that one guy who knows the story. He's like, uh, actually, you know what happens when you kill the Grendel, right? They're like, uh, they're, they're, they're just like, oh, they're like, yeah, the mother shows up. And yes. Then, ah, the mother is the next monster right there. And they're just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that chain of events. Like they're only thinking when a monster comes at them, all I can think about is kill the monster. Like they're not thinking several steps ahead to be like, all right, well, what's our backup plan if we kill Beowulf and they send a Grendel? Right. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? If he's here, does that mean this next thing is going to happen? Can we strategically use him to which might be what they start to get into down the road in volumes three and four and beyond? Um, which would be neat. I would like to kind of see them play chess with these stories yeah. and, and see what ones they can purposely resurrect for their own purposes to get them to do certain things, make certain moves, stop King Arthur from taking over. Who knows what? And that 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 would be really fun to to see. So, yeah, I 
I, I, I am. I, this is the most exciting part of it is how many different mythological and fictional characters could show up within the the limits of this story. And we don't know exactly what the limits are quite yet. We don't know who we're in store for. Uh, is, could a character like Jack the Ripper appear because there's so mm. few facts about him? He is more legend than man. Are we going to meet? Is it strictly these like larger than life, regal, powerful, cosmic, monstrous figures? Or are they just going to meet Oliver Twist once? <laughs> I'd love to see him meet Sherlock Holmes. I was wondering, you know, with this British focus, if they get into Shakespearean stories, like you could get the mm. characters from like Shakespeare's history plays, but like, you know, one of his most famous works is like, like Romeo and Juliet is set in Italy. Hamlet is set in Denmark. If, if it's a, a non-British character by a British author, can they appear? That's interesting to think about. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and like, how contemporary can it get? Is there a limit? Are they going to meet Bridget Jones in her famous diary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can they meet James Bond? Assume... That's my question. James Bond. Well, see, they 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 mention James. They do Bond in more of a story for yeah. Like there there has to be because like when when do you consider a story a, a classic or? Like, OK, yeah. this has reached legendary status. Um, and, and then there there is a like a more I'm not sure if recent is the right word, but like what what like how do you then also determine what an instant classic is like one that is such a big mm. hit that, you know, like, oh, this is going to be around for a long time. Like this is an instant classic. Does, does that affect things somehow, some way? Um it's interesting to think about. I, I also want to see more of like how these laws got enacted yeah. in there. Like what is the early history of th- this? Is there some kind of shadowy cabal of fictional, historical, legendary, mythological characters that put all of this together? Or was this just a bunch of powerful people against those legendary myths and 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 stuff um who knows but like i i I like this idea of them playing with stories kind of coming to life and what that means and how it can change reality and change your future or how you think about certain situations um right or just like how it 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 can change you to act in a different way like Duncan going into that like swampy part of the thing in volume two feels very much out of character for Duncan, but he's also assuming a different character's role in that. So there, there is this kind (laughs) of like he, he can transform into this other character and do things that maybe he wouldn't necessarily do. I like that the way you need to defeat your enemies is to LARP. Like, that right, is yeah. your greatest weapon. <laughs> you <laughs> RP somebody to death. I I would love if they went to, like, a, a reenactment village. Like, how here in America, we've got Colonial mm. Williamsburg. One of those communities where, like, it's a, hist- a, like a living historical exhibit 
with the people like embodying these these citizens of that time and like living as they lived is there this pocket of like living history that they're going to encounter somewhere in England do they go to a renaissance fair that lived so real that it has summoned something into their world yeah yeah that's yeah this this book i i think has so much to just dig into like i i really feel like it is is rich with all sorts of stuff that this can explore and i think that is one of the most exciting things about this this book is that i i just i feel like i only saw the tip if that makes sense like i i yeah, just started yes. to, to to see like just a, a a small hint at what this book will be or can be um which is interesting and I, I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah, as frustrating as it can be that we don't have a clear enough picture of what's going on yet, everything they have introduced is so fascinating, is so compelling. It does make you want to ask a bunch of questions. You do really want to know what's going to happen next. What are the possibilities here? What can this grow into being? And again, exactly. I'm sure if we just read more volumes, we'd have some we'd of our probably answers. probably know, yeah. I, th- I think uh, this could be one of the series that I do return to in my own time outside of the podcast to see how everything keeps going. It's especially if your brother is so into right. it. Oh, I could just... To it. Just I could have like, just called go. him. Yeah. We'll just hold Tim up to speakerphone. And we're like, Tim, <laughs> explain what's going on. <laughs> good stuff good stuff uh i think that's kind of all i have to say mm-hmm. on on once in future um I, I i i also liked the design of the the book itself oh, i read yeah. I, I, I read this on comiXology unlimited but i i like the treatment of like the interstitial like okay you yes. just read issue five let's go to issue six and just the like black pages with the dark gray ink and these like bright like yeah. yellowish orangish like just big font of once and future as it's all on there's yeah. like that, that that looks neat that looks so it cool is, it does and like we said this is one of the prettiest books we've ever read and i think it really does shine in the digital format when you've got that yes. kind of glow of an e-reader screen to accentuate these neon colors absolutely. i'd like to pick it up and, and see what it looks like on paper too absolutely absolutely cool uh well if we have nothing else to say on that let me pull up our bingo cards to see if we got any kind of check-in that we can do on this there we go bingo cards up on screen they are mostly full we're just trying to get a few last yeah couple couple tricky ones i don't think i have any that i can mark off nothing um yeah, the 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 one that like I could see potentially happening in this book somehow is like reaction of an animal to judge trustworthiness. Um but did not happen here in this book. Okay, so that was our quick bingo check-in. We're down to we're down to the wire. It's hard to get these last few ones unless we pitch things that are like specifically like I'm pitching stories that have 
the spaceship AI, because <laughs> I want to mark that one off my thing, right? We, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the year, go for it. I would love to see pitches absolutely. that are just about spaaceships AI or or pitches that of movies <laughs> that just have a Hans Zimmer Or how, right? Right. Um, cool. Okay. Let me, let me close that up again. Melissa, let's do recommendations. Yeah. What would you recommend to people who read this and enjoyed it? What else should they check out? Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Hot Fuzz as previously mentioned. Always a good time. Of course. I would recommend the Green Knight. Have you seen the Green Knight? I haven't seen this one yet. It is a wild time. It is deep in its lore. <laughs> it is an adaptation of an old Arthurian tale, The Legend of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It is an adaptation mm-hmm. of that. And it is mysterious. It is abstract. It is metaphorical. It's a real sort of cipher of a movie. I've really enjoyed hearing the reactions of different people who saw it. Like everybody comes away with like a slightly different reaction and a slightly different interpretation of what's going on in this movie. And I really like that. It feels very literary in that sense, in that the way that my professors would talk about literature in my classes in college is the way people are kind of approaching this movie. And it looks gorgeous, like really interesting visuals, uh, it is a set piece. It is like deep. It's like not modernized in any way. It is like 1300 and everything is murky and dark and mm. dirty. Yeah. Check out the green Knight. I'd, I'd be excited to hear your thoughts on it. Absolutely. And then, you know, we can't talk about anything where books come to life and not mention the page master. The page master. There you go. <laughs> if you forgot that the page master exists, remember, I've now forced you to remember the page master. <laughs> There's also several comics we have covered throughout our time that I'm going to leave you to explain in full. This being your wheelhouse, but this reminded me of the unwritten and I was just uh, pulling that some- one up. Yeah. And, and something is killing the children. Yeah. Uh, so the unwritten we covered back on number 155 here on the whatnots review show. Uh, We read the first two volumes of that. That's by uh, Mike Carey and Peter Gross. Uh, I believe that was published on Vertigo. Um, And uh, yeah, it is a similar concept about like stories coming to life kind of thing here. Uh, But it's framed kind of similar to to like Harry Potter, like uh, this one guy, uh, his father was writing these books about this magical kid and this whole you know whole magical world that they're they're in and it was always this kind of like rumor that like oh he wrote these books like about his kid or stuff like that that kid is now grown up i think his father had passed away i'm not sure Uh, oh no he's like um he's become reclusive like nobody's heard from the author of these books in years so it's his son who's become this sort of avatar of this boy wizard everybody loves and stuff like that yeah yeah he's Um, become the face of this beloved literary series yeah and what what he thought were were just was was just these books that his dad had written he's kind of slowly learning 
oh, maybe these were real somehow. And I, I don't understand that, but all of this stuff. And then it gets into like this, uh, like a multiple stories becoming real and them yeah. jumping into different stories. Um, that, that one, I, that one was one that I was very surprised by, by yeah. how much I enjoyed that. That would, that'd be one that I would absolutely recommend checking out. And it's, and I think it's like Once in Future in that it is a a story that really benefits from you knowing a lot about literature, particularly. That's also another like England-based story where English literature plays a very large role. In yeah. fact, I think there's like this cabal of people who are trying to push for English literature specifically to like uh, assure their country's uh progress and 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 success and prosperity throughout you know centuries to come by like making the history making its literature such an undeniable force in the world um yeah it's a story that benefits from you having extra background knowledge to go into and also has this very arcane kind of obscured mystery that you're working with that i yeah. think us reading the first two volumes we also didn't get to where we had an entirely clear picture of it. That's another exactly. story yeah. I've been wanting to go back to because I know, like, I only got a fraction of what that book was trying to do. Exactly. Uh, and then you mentioned Something is Killing the Children. Uh, that is by James Tinian IV and Werther Deladera. Uh, that's also published on Boom Studios. Uh, and one of my personal favorite books that is coming out right mm -hmm. now i've i've I, I have all of the four volumes that are currently out uh and then i also bought uh house of slaughter which is the spin-off yeah. of of that book there but uh something is killing the children we covered back on number 100 and we covered back on number 180 of the review show um, we read the first two volumes of that as well. And similarly, that is it, it's not necessarily about stories, but it's about monsters and monsters yes. becoming real and children are able to see them. And once they reach a certain age, you know, the, they could no longer see magic and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but it is it's such a cool book with this like secret society of monster hunters and stuff like that. I, I would recommend that one as well. Yeah. That one's a lot of fun. And it's not as neon as once in future, but it also has great art and like really striking bold colors in it. Indeed. Indeed. Um, yeah, I, I would recommend that stuff. Uh, there is a manga that I wanted to recommend mm. uh, called Vinland Saga. Um, that is uh, the, more so a, a, a story of uh, the Vikings and and yeah. the, the people around that area. Um, and it is fictional, but there are a lot of like real historical characters that show up in in that that book. Uh, I know they're making an anime of it as well. Uh, I, I read the first couple volumes of the manga a long time ago and I loved it. I want to get back to that book. I watched the first season of the, the anime and it is just as good. It is there's lots of action. There's violence, but the story is also just really, really good. 
Um, yeah, I I, I th- think if 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 you liked uh, Once and Future, you should go check out that stuff too. Yeah, I was thinking that we really haven't covered a lot of fantasy on the show. We've covered things that are fantastical, like your pushing daisies or something, but like sword and sorcery fantasy we don't touch on a lot yes but most of the times we have covered it it's been in an anime or a manga like that time i got reincarnated as a slime or the devil is a (laughs) part-timer we got into that venue somehow yeah uh that that is so i i know this year on the podcast my goal has to like have more kaiju content Mm. uh my Goal for next year will be more sword and sorcery stuff, more Conan the Barbarian, more Red Sonia, um, stuff like that. Or Sonja. I'm not sure how you say that Sonia. Yeah, I believe it's Sonia, but more stuff like that, because that is also like a genre that we have been sorely lacking in. Um, but then you also know me. I'm not a huge fan of you like, are. fantasy yeah, which, stuff. Which I know, yeah. So, And I uh, think fantasy is tricky because like, there aren't a lot of indie fantasy movies. It's something that's typically done on this huge scale. And like, we're not going to watch all of Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. I, I've tried to get you to watch Lord of the Rings several times. You won't watch Lord of the Rings. Like, there's I've not a them. lot of options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I asked you, I've pitched it a couple times for our like over Christmas break. We typically do like a movie franchise, like a, a good, like, you know, three yeah. or more movies in a series. And you're like, I don't think I have enough things to say about Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, really? In like 10 hours of entertainment, you don't think you could fill a 90 minute podcast? And you're like, yeah, I just don't feel very strongly about it. <laughs> just be like, <laughs> thumbs up. It's good. Cool. Wow, wizard. Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but sci fi stuff. Now I can talk about that forever. Right. <laughs> anyways we'll see, we'll see what uh, we can find yeah yeah we we will get some more fantasy stuff here on this show indeed uh but yeah that is it for recommendations uh next week on the yes. show uh speaking of kaiju stuff uh we start our next bit of end of the month specials uh we are reading a comic called kaiju max uh this is all available on comiXology unlimited uh, in one way or another, it was a little bit confusing about they have like vo- 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 volumes one through this, but you can get the single issues of the last couple. St- it's all on the- there yeah. in some way, shape or form on Comixology Unlimited. If you are a subscriber to that, you can go check it out as well as Kindle Unlimited. It's all on that. Uh, but this is a prison story where all the prisoners are kaiju. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I pitched this once before on the podcast for us to just read like the first volume or two but it works out that uh the next couple months here when we do our our end of the month specials that that will take us right up to the end of the year i have heard fantastic things about this this book i think it's also a really creative interesting concept um i'm excited to dive in this book kaiju max Mm-hmm. So, there you go. But, Melissa, yeah. I know you have some pitches ready for the week after that. Yes. 
We will be recording that on October 2nd. And October is wall to wall our spooky month. Woo, uh, we spooks. will be checking. We would we would normally be checking in with Kaiju Max at the end of every month, but we always save last weekend in October for Halloween. So we will actually talk about that first week in November. So my pitches for our uh, annual horror month are some short franchises. So okay. horror. Horror film is a genre defined by franchises, long running decades, a dozen or more movies with Freddy or Jason or Michael Myers. How many times have we conjured? How many times have Mm -hmm. we purged? (laughs) There's many, many things. You you pick a, a franchise and it could go for like. Four, five, six, twelve, so many movies for so long. Leprechaun 17. (laughs) Right. Everybody goes to space. (laughs) We're not dealing with that. These are all two movie franchises. Maybe they're going to go on and make more. But for right now, you watch one movie, you watch the sequel to that movie, and you're done. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. So first in our two movie franchise pitches, the, the sequel... Of this series came out uh, in the last couple of years, like since you and I have been podcasting. And I remember you mentioning that you saw the trailer in front of some movie that you went to see in the theater. And you're like, how are they making a sequel to this? I don't understand why this is happening to the protagonist again. Uh, and that is <laughs> Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, in Happy Death Day, released in 2017, this is a dark comedy slasher film where a college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will only end when she discovers her killer's identity. Uh, very much a classic Groundhog Day scenario. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, at the end of the movie, she solves the Groundhog Day, and then there's a trailer for a sequel where it's happening to her again, and you're like, what do you mean again? How again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and neither of us have seen this sequel, so this is our chance to find out how again. Yeah. In- indeed. <laughs> indeed. Pitch number two, Escape Room and Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Okay. I like that idea. Escape Room stuff. Uh, this is from 2019 and 2021. Six strangers are given mysterious black boxes with tickets to an immersive escape room for a chance to win tons of money. Being locked in several rooms with extreme conditions, they discover the secrets behind the escape room and must fight to survive to find a way out. Uh, I have seen clips from the first movie, Mm -hmm. and it looks... It's got really impressive set design. Like, there's all these different themed escape rooms that they are trapped in, and it's the classic, you think it's just a game, but no, you're in real danger. And like, there's all these inventive threats, like one room, you maybe you're slowly being drowned and the other room, you're slowly being frozen and all the physical sets of these rooms, all the practical effects going on look really impressive, really inventive. Okay. Uh, so there's cool. two whole movies of that. So many uh, scary rooms we could see, Kyle classic out of the frying pan into the the yeah. uh, fire scenario you've escaped that room Aha, you're in another room <laughs> <laughs> and pitch number three so you know about me that i i don't like dystopias uh and i don't care much for zombie apocalypses but one thing i do like 
is Jesse Eisenberg. So pitch number three is Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap. Mm -hmm. Uh, These movies came out in 2009 and 2019. Uh, A a very interesting time interval between two sequels. With America infested with hordes of decomposing zombies from end to end, one of the few zombie apocalypse survivors, known as Columbus, manages to live to fight another day on his way back to Ohio to check in on his family. Surrounded by mayhem and destruction, Columbus joins forces with the no-nonsense pro-survivalist Tallahassee, bent on continuing the dangerous road trip through Armageddon. Uh, as the band of zombie hunters is joined by stranded sisters Wichita and Little Rock, an unexpected change of plans leads them to the last unspoiled place, the Pacific Playland Amusement Park. Mm-hmm, I also love indeed. theme parks. I, I saw the first one of these movies in the Dollar Theater near my college. Uh, I remember like not, not being a fan of zombies at large, but I liked some of the choices that the movie made. I sure. thought it was clever. Uh, and I'd be curious to revisit it and find out what it, what's in the sequel. Why'd they come back and make a sequel 10 years later? Yeah, I, I, I've seen the first one of this two. I like it a lot. I want to say it's kind of like a cult classic. I don't know if it's reached like cult status, but it's also not really reached like classic status. It's in like a weird yeah. like gray area yeah. classic where it's like at the very least, it's a solid seven, maybe an yes. eight. It's good. It's entertaining. Bill Murray sh- shows up in that right. first one. Incredible. Um, but but yeah, I like I remember them working on the sequel for so long and it just kind of being in development hell uh and then it kind of coming out and i just didn't really hear anything about it and so i moved on um but uh yeah i think though melissa we need to go with pitch number one we need to go with happy death day and happy death day to you uh I have not seen either of these. I think you've seen the first I've seen first the first one. one. You mentioned. It's yeah. it's fun. It's a really great, well-toned horror comedy that excels yes. at both parts of that genre. I've heard good things about this series. I I I don't remember if it was like good things about the first one and then the sequel was just okay, or if it was like the first one was okay and like actually good things about the sequel like i wasn't expecting there to be a sequel but they made it work i've i've just heard good things i'm not sure how that is attributed to which film there um (laughs) you don't know the ratio of good things right to, to which film i i remember us discussing the trailer of that second one when they released it and me just being baffled at like what they made a sequel what why Um, (laughs) so i i I think we need to bring that full circle and and make that a a a thing i good i'm happy to to revisit the first one and see how the second one plays out i was also thinking that the groundhog day loop is a type of time travel technically that we haven't covered before. We've talked about a lot of time travel stories, but we haven't talked about this format before. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you know me, I'm a sucker for time travel. So, yep. There you go. Good stuff. Um, yes. So next week, uh, Kaiju Max, we are reading the first two volumes. It is six 
volumes total. So we are reading the first two this next week. Uh, and then the week after that, like we just said, we will be watching Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day 2. Happy, it's Happy Death Day, the number two, the two, letter U. Two, U, yes, yeah, okay. Happy Thank Death Day to you. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, so with that, Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. This is a show I co-host with my brother, Jams, about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. Our latest episode is on a new show on Netflix called Dead End Paranormal Park. Uh, mm. It is a, a, a very queer friendly show about a haunted amusement park. I've that actually Jams really that loved one, yeah. and like, yeah, I, I only watched the two episodes we covered for the, this show, but I, I really enjoyed myself. It, it's, it's cool, <laughs> especially as a theme park fan. There's a lot yes. of really specific theme park knowledge in that. Um, so this one time we covered like a new show that Jams wanted to, to get some more eyes on. He really loves it, really wanted other people to check it out. Cool. Sounds good. Um, if you, if you guys wanted to stay up to date with me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. Uh, we got another video over there for you to check out. Go click on that one. Go sus subscribe down there, all that good stuff. This has been number 223 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.